Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Tell you about it last night and, um, and, you know, give you a chance to invite people. Um, I'm going to talk to you about the riveting subject of tassels on garments. We're going to get there in just a second. Um, on your way out tonight, as Pastor Ross said, our resource table is there. Um, please avail yourself to it. Now, if I could ask you to do me a f- please for a favor tonight. Um, I, I was paying attention last night, and this church has a real chatting culture, which is, um, which I, um, but if, if, and if you know, I, I, I'm not going to get anything. I, I, you know, God, look, God bless you. I'll see you next time. Um, but if you know, before I leave tonight, I'm going to pick something up. Um, if you could do me a favor, if you could buy first and chat second, that'd be awesome. And, and here's the, here's the reason why is, is I got to pack all that up and, t- and, 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 uh, take some of it, you know, so if you know, you're going to get something, if you go chat and then come 30 minutes, it's just, it's, it just would be best if, if we got all that done in the first 15 minutes so I could pack it up and do inventory and then prepare for, prepare it for the next place. So if you could do that, that would just, that would just be awesome. All right. So numbers 15, let's get right into this. I want to talk to you about healing tonight. I want to talk to you about um, the move of the Spirit of God to touch lives. Um, I want to do it in a, uh, in a fresh way. Um, you know, if uh, some of you, so it, it, this happens everywhere I go. Somebody goes, I hope you're bringing something new because I've watched everything you've ever done on YouTube or something. And I'm like, well, I, what do I do? You know, I, I got to consider um, everybody. And I don't have a YouTube channel. So uh, that's just people just putting stuff up. And sometimes it's really good quality. Sometimes it's somebody holding an iPhone like this, you know, and you, you don't have any control over these things. But um, so number 15, if you'll track with me for a bit, I promise you um, at the end, uh, the ministry team here and, and what the Spirit of God will do here at the end will be, uh, will, will be quite impactful. But I, I want to I step into that, um, that gift God gave me as a teacher and try to explain how all these things fit together. This is Numbers 15. In Jesus' day, this was called the Torah. This was, um, th- this was their way of living. Um, this defined everything about them. This is what it says, Numbers 15, verse 37. And the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. Don't forget the blue cord. It's, it's really, you will have these tassels to look at so that you'll remember the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. Then you'll remember to obey all my commands. Be consecrated to the Lord your God, for I am the Lord who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. For I am the Lord, your God. So he says, I want you to do is I, I want you to make tassels and, and I want you to attach them to the corners of your garment with a blue cord um, going through each tassel. Now, now there's a couple of key words here that I want us to learn and, and I want us to, to, to sort of uh, repeat them uh, with some go uh, Harvey Bay uh, gusto. Uh, next slide. So there's, there's a few things going on here that I think we need to look at. Here we go. There we go. A couple key words. First one is the word kanaf. Can I hear you say that with some gusto? Go kanaf. That was really, really good. No trouble with gusto here. Right? I, I remember last year with open your splachna and up and tent and temple, and I'm going, oh, man, these people are into it. All right, so kanaf. Let's, let's, let's try that again just because I want you to remember it. Go. Kanaf. All right, so kanaf was the corner of the garment. Now, 8,000 words in Hebrew, 80,000 in English. So kanaf could mean corner. could also mean border. 
It could mean him, or it could also mean wings. It could also mean the wings of the, the garment. The, the other word I want you to learn for right now is the word talit, with the same amount of gusto, go, talit. Now, this whole thing is a talit. And what this is, is this is a scale model of the temple veil that separated the holy place from the holies. It was quite a special thing because only one person ever got to go in there. And in their mind, conceptually, the temple veil was the thing that held the presence of God. But most everybody is never going to get to see it because only one person was allowed even close to it. Is they made these scale models of the temple veil so that people could wear them. It's sort of like this. How many guys want to drive a Ferrari? All of us. How many of us will ever actually be able to afford a Ferrari? None of us. So what happens is, is we buy little scale model Ferraris and put them up on the mantle. And something about that allows us to go, yep, 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 I sort of a little scale model one. That, that was this. Into this was the presence of God, the concept of it. The, the idea was, if you give me a second, I, and I, so I could slide this around my back. Hang on a second. The idea was, was that you can't organize your life where God is here but not there. You can't organize your life where God is, is here on Sunday, but on Monday he's nowhere to be found. That that would ruin your life. That the best life is found in when God is here, God is there. God is, that God is with you everywhere you go. Everything you do, everything you say. Every kind word matters. Every word of encouragement matters. How you treat the waitress at that restaurant matters. How you treat the person who cuts you off in traffic matters. How you treat your husband when he leaves his underwear on the floor matters. How you treat your wife when she disappoints you matters. How you treat that neighbor who's not exactly being easy to get along with matters because it's not just what we do in here that there's no there's no such word in Hebrew as spiritual if you ask a Hebrew person how's your spiritual life going that they don't even know what to say to that because everything is spiritual everything you do everything you are everywhere you go if you go to the rugby match with your friend it's spiritual because God is in the center of every Thing we do. So it, the, the presence of God went with us everywhere we go. But it wasn't just about the presence of God. It was how we carried it. And so, so God says, I, I want you to put tassels on the corners of your garment. Now, there's two other words I want us to learn, and they're going to come up here in a second. The words are tamay. Everybody together? Tamay. And the other is tehor. Everybody say that with me. Tehor. All right, so tamay. Tehor. A tamay means unclean. So if, so if somebody was, uh, you know, diagnosed with leprosy, they'd be tamay, 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 unclean, unclean, unclean. And the opposite was tehor. Now, I realize in English, tehor sounds like the unclean thing. But it's, it's tamay in Hebrew is the unclean thing. So it says, I want you to take the presence of God, and I want you to attach tassels to it. Now, if I could hold this up, and if you could hit that next slide for me, this is a properly done tassel. Uh, if you could see that there, tassel um, has all of this imagery in it. First of all, there's five knots, one for each book of the, of the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So, so it wasn't just carrying the presence of God. Any debates about who has the presence of God and who doesn't, what a ridiculous thing. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4, it says, every living soul belongs to God. In other words, if you're breathing air, you belong to God. Ephesians chapter 1 says the Spirit of God is filling everything in every way. The, the idea is God's up to something in me. God's up to something in you. God's up to something in them, and the whole thing's going somewhere good. 
This is not about who has the presence of God and who doesn't. It's about how we carry it. And so, so he says, I want you to remember to, to always carry the presence of God attached to the word of God. Now, in, in between those five knots are four spaces, one for each letter in the holy name Yahweh, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey. So it wasn't, it wasn't just the presence of God. It was the word of God and the name of God. The, the name of God was defined in Exodus 34. He is the Lord, the Lord. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. He is the Lord, the Lord. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. So it's not just the presence of God. It is the word of God and the name of God. It's the disposition of Messiah that we carry around with us. Are we being compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness? forgiveness. Christians, listen to me now. You can be right, but be wrong at the top of your voice. It doesn't help. When we, when we carry the presence of God in a mean tone of voice, that doesn't help us. We need to be carrying the word of God, the, the, the presence of God as attached to the word of God and the name of God. The name of God is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness. You see that all through scripture. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not his benefits, who heals all of our diseases and forgives all of our sins. For he is the compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness, God who does not treat us as our iniquities deserve, but gives us mercy that's new every morning. Jonah is the opposite. Remember, Jonah got irritated that an entire nation repented because he wanted God to get them. And he said, I knew it. I knew you were going to forgive them, for you are a compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiveness, God. I knew it, and I hate that about you. I want you to destroy them because Jonah wanted mercy for himself and justice for everybody else, and it just doesn't work. So, it takes 613 loops to make a tassel. There's exactly 613 commands in the Torah. So it's the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God. And, and also, it, when you tie a tassel properly, it comes off with eight strands. Eight is the number of new beginnings. It's, it's the number they would walk in a figure eight when they made a covenant that the old is gone, the new has come. This is mentioned lots of times in scripture, but Paul said it this way, that, that, that we have been, that, that if any be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's the one we memorize. I like the next verse better. For we have been given this ministry of reconciliation, that God is reconciling the whole world to himself through Christ Jesus by choosing not to count men's sins against them. That is what we are about. So it's not just the presence of God. It's the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the nature of God. It's how we attach ourselves to it. So what they would do is they would take the tassels, the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, and they would, when they wore their garment, they would wrap it around their hand like so. And it says that you would have these tassels to look at, to remember the commands of the Lord your God, so that you may not go prostitute yourselves by going after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. In other words, it was simply a tactile reminder. God's ways brought me from slavery to freedom. God's ways brought me from darkness to light. God's ways is the best way for my life. God's ways saved my life. God's ways do this. So that any time you sinned with your hand, before you could sin, you had to unwrap God. It was a tactile deterrent 
to lust. It was a tactile deterrent to violence. It was a tactile, it was a remembrance. Wait a minute, wait a minute. God's ways brought me from slavery to freedom. God's ways brought me from darkness to life. God's ways brought me from Egypt to Israel. God's ways brought me from death to life. God's ways are the best ways for my life. Now, now there's all kinds of images around this. Like, remember, there was this one time, Jesus said, beware of the Pharisees who wear their tassels too long. Isn't that in Luke 14 or something? In, in other words, he, he said, it, it, there, there was one story in the Talmud about a, a sect of Pharisees that would walk around Jerusalem and their tassels were so long they would drag the ground behind them. In other words, Jesus says, beware of people who make too big of an outward show of how spiritual they are. Normally, it's a facade. Normally, because that's not relevant at all, is it? Like, you know, like if somebody comes up to me and says, hello, I'm the prayer warrior here. Normally not. Normally not. Normally, in my experience, the prayer warrior is somewhere praying. (laughs) Hi, Shane, I'm the prophet of this house. Normally not. Normally, whoever the prophet is, everybody else is telling me who they are. And to watch myself around them. <laughs> no, normally not. Normally not. L- listen, if you got to tell someone you're in charge, you're normally not in charge. You know, I'm the head of this house. Okay. You're the head. She's the neck. She's just turning you any way she wants. But okay. Okay. Je- Jesus, says, Jesus says, beware. Beware of people who wear their tassels too long. Beware of that. Remember there's this one psalm. It says, under the shadow of your Wings, the word is kanaf, under the shadow of the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the, the, the nature of God, under the shadow of your wings. Remember there was this one time, there was this guy named David, right? David kills this big giant guy, right? Gets really, really, really popular and gets really unpopular with the king and the king's chasing him around. And there's this one, time, there's this one scene where David's in a cave and he had been in there long enough. Saul had to go in there to use the toilet. And so, and so Saul goes in there. It, actually, the actual Hebrew there is he went in to uncover his feet. Okay, so uh, anyway, that, that's absolutely true. Anyway, so, so Saul goes in there to use the toilet. And remember how the story goes? It says that while, while Saul was using the toilet, that, um, that, that David snuck up behind him and he chops off the corner of Saul's garment. And then he went off. And remember, Saul takes however long he took to go to the bathroom. And then when he finishes, it's dark. And he puts his, he puts his garment back on. And when he walks out into the daylight, he reaches for the corner of his garment. Wait a minute. Saul's the king of where? He's the king of Israel. Wait a minute. If, if you're the king of Israel, what would have been attached to the corner of, of your garment, T- tassels. So Saul reaches for the corner of his garment and there, the tassels are gone. And David is off in the distance holding the corner of his garment up going, hey bro, I've got the corner of your garment. What's David saying? He's saying, listen, it's none of my business. The presence of God is still on you. I cannot touch the call of God on your life. I cannot touch the presence of God on your life. But what I can do is give commentary on how you're carrying it. Yes, you have the presence of God, but you are missing your tassels. You are missing the corner. Remember it says Saul saw it as a reproach. He said, oh, he said, well, of course he did. What was David saying in front of everybody? David saying the presence of God hasn't left you, Saul, but the way you're carrying it is not with the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the nature of God. You're carrying it in a way that is violating something even bigger. This was tassels on the corner of their garments. 
Now, an interesting prophecy came about. An interesting sort of observation given by a guy named Malachi. It was weird when he wrote it, right? Because this is just such an odd way to say it. And so he's writing, this is towards the end of the Old Testament, and he's writing about how can you recognize Messiah when he comes. And here's what he says. Next slide. Oh, here it comes. But for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. The word is kanaf. In other words, to Malachi, you can always tell who the real Messiah was by there would be healing in the wings of his garment. That the way the way Messiah carried the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the nature of God, the way Messiah carried that, there would be healing in his kanaf healing in his wings. Hmm. Let's look at Mark chapter 5. So Mark chapter 5 comes along, and this is quite a long passage, so I'm just going to tell the story, um, and then I'll read uh, parts of it. So Jesus um, had quite a reputation for doing some wild things in terms of healing, and uh, and there was a scene where a synagogue ruler named Jairus comes to Jesus and asks him to pray for his daughter because his little daughter is sick. And the daughter is, uh, is 12 years old. So, so he says, listen, I, I, I need you to pray for my little girl. She's 12 years old and she's dying. Will you come pray for her? And Jesus says, sure. Now, this is very, very important that we never lose sight of this because if we lose sight of this, we're going to lose sight of the whole passage. That Mark chapter 5 is all about Jesus going to pray for Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter is sick and needs to be prayed for and she's going to die without a miracle. So she needs to be prayed for. So Jesus is going to go pray for Jairus' daughter because Jairus' daughter is very, very sick. And if we lose sight of this being about Jairus' daughter, we might lose sight of the point of the whole passage. So let's not lose sight of the fact that this is Jairus' daughter because this whole passage is about Jesus going to pray for Jairus's daughter because Jairus's daughter is very, very ill. And what's going to happen next is so spectacular that we oftentimes quit right there and we start preaching there. But the truth of it is, is that Jesus was going to go pray for Jairus's daughter. And on the way to pray for Jairus's daughter, an interruption happens. And if we lose sight of the fact that this was about Jairus's daughter, then we'll lose sight of the whole passage. So it's very important that we keep in our mind that this whole thing is about Jesus going to pray for Jairus's daughter. <clears throat> This is Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had once again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Now I'm going to tell the story now because I don't want to read the entire passage. So Jesus is going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. I think it's a good time for us to say that. Everybody say, Jairus' daughter. daughter. Right? So we don't want to lose sight of that. He's going to go pray for this little girl. She's 12 years old. It's very, very important. Right? And so, and so he's on his way to pray for Jairus' daughter. And on the way there, on the way there, he gets interrupted. He gets interrupted by this lady um, who evidently has had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. 
so she's been bleeding for 12 years. I think it's safe, it doesn't say, but I think it's safe to assume it's some sort of female issue, presumably. And so there's, there's this thing going on where she's been bleeding. Now, to understand this, we've got to understand something bigger. Does, that, does everybody, uh, everybody remember the word for unclean? The word is tamay. Everybody go. Tamay, all right? And so the other word was clean was tehor. Let's try that one. Tehor. Now, Tamay was unclean, unclean, unclean. Now, here's the thing that we don't understand. In that culture, everybody was either Tamay or Tehor. You were, either, you were one or the other. You were, you were clean or you were unclean. And there was this constant spectrum between clean and unclean, and it became a very profitable thing. Um, because every time you went from unclean to clean, you had to pay some priest for sacrifices and then another person to baptize you so that you could proclaim in public, I was once unclean and now I'm clean so I could be touched again. And so it was a very, very problem. They baptized all the time. And anytime, anytime you went from unclean to clean, you'd be baptized so that you could say in public, hey, I was unclean, but now I've been declared clean so I can be, I, I can be touched. And, which is, by the way, that's why we get baptized today. It's not simply a profession of faith in Jesus. It is a declaration, I was once unclean, but now I am clean. It's that idea. <clears throat> so, we in the Western world, we define sin very, very poorly. We define sin as the bad things that we do. So we say, if you do something bad, that's sinning. Now, is that true? Sure. But sin was bigger than that. In, in that culture, sin was anything that wasn't perfect. Anything that didn't meet the center of the mark. So, so, for instance, in Leviticus, it was a sin to have dandruff, right? So j just check your neighbor quickly and see if they're living in sin. Just see if they're, just check them, right? right? It was a sin. It was a sin to have any skin condition, any scabs. As we learned today, crushed testicles, that was a problem. It, uh, if, you had, if your eyes were a bit crossed or um, any sort of itching disease, so, 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 so a sin was anything that wasn't perfect. And here was the problem. A sin made you unclean. And here was the problem. Tamay was very contagious. So, so if you, you didn't have to have dandruff yourself. If you just simply touched someone with dandruff, now you were unclean and would have to go all for sale. You could see how profitable this would become. And then one thing led to another, and you had all these other man-made rules on top of the actual rules that became, I don't even know how you lived back then. Like, like you couldn't touch someone. It, it was a sin. It, okay, it was a sin to have dandruff. It, listen, it was a sin to give birth. Yes, it was. In Leviticus chapter 12, it says, After a woman gives birth, she must bring an offering to atone for her sin of loss of blood. Because the way we give birth was not perfect. It was as a result of a fall. Um, oh, it was, oh, by the way, it was a sin to have a period, right? So, so if, you were, if you were on your period, that was considered sinful and, and unclean. And you couldn't, I don't even know how you lived. What did you do? Put a sign up, right? I don't, you know, like, so, so, so if, if, if you're here tonight and you're on your period, could you just sort of let us know, so, right? Like, I don't know how you did that, right? Then they made, then they made more rules around things like this. So not only was it a sin to be on your period, it was a sin to touch a chair where a woman who had been on her period had sat in the last three days, right? So if you're here tonight and you're not willing to raise your hand, would you at least leave a, a note in the chair, like, like, it's, it was that kind of thing, right? Then they made even more rules, like, and because of the age range in here, just you adults read through, like, like it was a sin to touch furniture 
where, um, where any sort of marital relations had happened, right? Like, I don't know, what, you, what did you do? I, like, I, I was teaching this one time in a pastor's house, and he made everybody get off the sofa, right? And, um, and he was 75. I was like, May, hey, right? So Tamay was very, very contagious. Now, Jesus is going to pray for Jairus' daughter, right? Jesus is going to go pray for Jairus' daughter. And there's this lady, and she's been bleeding for years. Years and years and years and years and years. What would she be considered by the public? Tamay. She would have, had, she would have been considered Tamay. And if anybody touched her, they would be unclean. Now, let's stop for a second. I want you to feel that. Just feel the feelings of it, not the belief of it, the feelings. How would you feel if you were her? If you hadn't been purposely touched in 12 years, if when you walked into a group of people, people put their hands behind their back and walked away from you, and it wasn't because they didn't like you, it's just because they couldn't afford to touch you, what, what would that do? What, what would that make you feel like? How, how, would, you, how would you even cope? And she hears that Jesus is here. And she knows the text. The text says that if he's the Messiah, there will be healing in his wings. Here's the trouble. How does an outcast get close enough to touch his clothes? Hang on. She's unclean. So how does an outcast get close enough to touch his clothes? She starts throwing elbows. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Right? And there would have been a line, there would have just been a, 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 an emptying made because people would be like, oh, 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 that's how you do it. You like her already. She gets close enough and she reaches up and she grabs the corner of Jesus' garment. Well, hang on. If Jesus is a Jew, what would have been attached to the corner of his garment? Tassels. Why would she do that? Because Malachi said, if he is the son of righteousness, there will be healing. We're going to find out right now. She reaches up and grabs the corner of his garment, and she gets healed. What's interesting is that Jesus does something he never does before, nor does he ever do it again. He normally, Jesus' modus operandi was, shh, don't tell anybody, right? Not this time. This time he goes absolutely crazy. Who touched me? Who touched me? Power has left from me. Does that sound like Jesus? No, that sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Luke, the force, has left me. Like, it's just weird. Who touched me? Who touched me? Power has left from me. He's looking around. Who touched me? And this lady, they work out it's this lady who's been bleeding. Now, we've got to understand a couple things here. When rabbis or ancient people wrote scripture, they wrote it through four levels. If you're a nerd and need to know the names of it, Peshat, Ramez, Drosh, and Sud. If not, one, two, three, four. Now, now, there is some, Peshat is the plain meaning. There, like there's a lady who's being touched or is doing the touching. She is seeking a touch from God, and she gets healed. That's what's going on. But underneath it, it makes a point that she'd, been, that she'd been bleeding for 12 years. Who knew that? Who figured that out? What if it was 11 years, 9 months? What if it was 12 years and 2 months? 
What if it was around about 12 years? What, and did she tell people that? Like, obviously, obviously not. When, when the author says she'd been bleeding for 12 years, a Jewish person would read 12, 12, what's 12? 12, oh, 12 tribes. That's, so, so on one level, this is about a lady being touched by God or her touching God. This is about that. On another level, this is about an entire nation who's leaking life and needs a touch from Messiah. On one level, it's this one lady. On another level, it's the entire nation. And on another level, it's all of us. Jesus turns to her. And, and, and says, he, the, the thing that's interesting to me is, is he doesn't address the healing. He says, go in shalom. Like, go in peace. Go in peace. Go, hey, hey, don't make the next husband pay for the sins of the last one. Don't make the next group of pen, friends pay for the rejection of the current group of friends. Don't, go, hey, don't just be healed. Go in shalom. So he makes this huge deal that this lady with an issue of bleeding touched him. Now, what happens next is weird. This is verse 35. Next slide. While Jesus was still speaking, he's talking to the lady. Some people from the house of Jairus came. And the synagogue leader said, it's a Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why bother the rabbi anymore? Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why bother the rabbi anymore? A couple of observations about that. One, how insensitive can you be? What a horrendous choice of words. Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why bother the rabbi anymore? What it, now, a couple of things. Let, let's read this emotionally. If you're Jairus, what is your basic feeling at that moment? Devastation. Unbelief. Grief. And then anger at who? The lady. Stupid lady. Been bleeding for years. You couldn't wait 20 minutes. My daughter's dead because you couldn't wait. You interrupted our journey to my house. And if it wasn't for you, she would have made it. You crazy, stupid woman. You've been bleeding for years. Bleeding for years and you couldn't wait just a few minutes. One observation about that. Sometimes the greatest thing that God will ever do for you is an interruption to your schedule. If God can't interrupt your schedule, you will oftentimes miss some of the biggest things God would ever do. But here's the other observation. Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why bother the rabbi anymore? Why would you say it like that? Okay, we have to understand Levitical law and their culture to understand this. Okay? It was against the law for any person to touch a dead thing. It was also against the law to knowingly walk into a room where a dead body is. You could not knowingly walk into a room if you knew a dead body was in there before you walked in. Unless you were already considered Tame by the general public. Who touched me? Who touched me? Power has left from me. This lady with an issue of bleeding, she just touched me. I need all of you to know, the lady with the issue of bleeding, she just touched me. Because if you know she has been bleeding and she touched me, that would make me Tame. 
And if I'm Tim A, you'll let me into the room. This was a strategic. Sometimes what looks like a distraction is God making a way for you to even go into the room. Yeah, you lost your job. Okay, that's probably the way for you to start that business. Yeah, it looks like a disaster, but it's actually God making a way. It's actually God making a way. Oh, Shane, oh, Shane, oh, my goodness, I lost my job. Yeah, 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 but it's probably because you've been dreaming about starting your business all that long. Oh, Shane, I'm just devastated. I'm just devastated. My wife left me. My wife left me. Well, honestly, you got lucky. Ask your friends. She was a nightmare. They're celebrating with you. What are you talking about? Listen, sometimes what looks like a disaster is actually God making a way. Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why bother the rabbi anymore? They would not have left Jesus in that room had that woman not touched him. But because she touched him, they would have thought he was unclean, which is so the character of Jesus, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might be one with God. Jesus' character has always been willing to become the unclean one so that we can be okay. But, 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 Jesus comes, doesn't he? Think through the story. He goes, oh, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Right, right, right. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Oh, oh before we do this, before we do this, I, I, wanna, I want us to, to make sure we got all this. The, the corner of the garment is a kanaf. Everybody say that with me. Kanaf, right? The entire garment is a talit. Everybody say that with me. Talit. And, and what does it mean? It means the presence of God. It was, it was how they carried symbolically the presence of God. Give me one second again. It was the presence of God. You didn't have to tell a first century Jew that the talit was the presence of God. And the tassels was the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the nature of God, right? Now watch what happens next. And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. This is really really upside down culturally. Watch what happened. And he took her by the hand. Hang on a second. What would Jesus have had wrapped around his hands? Tassels. He reaches down and takes her by the hand. See, in this story, in the first part, you have a lady who gets healed because she's seeking Jesus. In the second part, you have a lady getting healed, a little kid getting healed because Jesus is seeking her even after she was dead and could do nothing for herself. In the first part of the story, you have a lady doing everything she can do to seek Jesus. In the second part of the story, you have Jesus walking into a dead person, and he's still reaching out to her. And he took her by the hand. Hang on a second. If it's against the law to walk into a room where a dead body is, would it be against the law to touch a dead body? How much risk is Jesus taking here? Like, if she doesn't breathe, we've got a problem. Watch what he says to her. And he takes her by the hand and said to her, Talit ha kum. Talit ha kum. My child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. 
Talit, ha, kum, my child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. I travel this world. I live in America from October to January. I live, and I'm all over America. They're only my own house about 24 days all year. I'm in Australia a lot. And I'm telling you, I came here tonight to tell you to lead. Ha, kum, my child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. Oh, but Shane, I went through a divorce. Uh-huh. Seven years ago. Get up. It's time for you to quit wallowing in all that. Get up. Get your head up, your shoulders back, your hands clean, your heart pure, your taste sweet, and go forward. Talit ha-kum. It's my child. The presence of God is here. Get up. But Shane, I haven't been clean that long. Talit ha-kum. My child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. But Shane, the business failed four years ago. It's time for you to get your head up, your shoulders back, and go forward and try something again. Talit ha-kum, my child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. Get up. Now listen, it is irresponsible of me to preach this as some sort of presumption upon God's grace. Like, let me say it simply. If it's within your power to fix your problem, then fix your problem. It is irresponsible for us to act however we want and then come upon God to fix it. The second temptation of Jesus was what? Throw yourself off this mountain and because God's got a big plan for your life, he'll catch you. And Jesus was like, well, probably, but why would I do that when I can just not jump? Like, like, let me tell you what I mean. I am positive I speak for the leaders of the church on this. If I don't, peace between us, I'm so sorry. It's not my place to challenge you. But I'm pretty positive on this. That if you get lung cancer, we will pray with all of our heart that God will heal you of that lung cancer. But we would much rather you quit smoking today than need a miracle in 25 years. Okay? Like, like if you need a financial miracle, we will pray for you. But we would much rather you get up in the morning, get a job, work hard, have integrity, and live on a budget than to need a financial miracle every week of your life. Are you hearing responsible for me to say, just act however you want to act. The tassels are always there. That is an irresponsible way to look at this. It, maybe, um, maybe, maybe you'll get it if I go Joyce Meyer on you. Um, uh, if, it's with, if it's within your authority to do something about your situation, then by God, get off your butt and do something about it. Don't, come, don't let me come back here a year from now in the exact same God-awful place as you are right now when it's within your power to do something about it. Get off off your butt. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. And if you can do something about it, then do something about it. <laughs> Maybe you don't like Joyce. That's all right. Maybe Joel Osteen's better. You're a champion. God loves you. You don't let that devil get in your head and get you all negative. You tell him to go on back to hell where he came from. 
Me and Victoria, we was talking the other day about what daddy used to say about y'all. And y'all aren't just beautiful people. Y'all are champions. So the next time that devil gets in your head and goes round and round and round and round, you just reach deeper down inside of you and you become the champion God intended you to be. Either way. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you live long enough, there will come a time where you've done all you can do. You've taken all the medicine the doctor gave you. You've done everything you could do to salvage the thing. And they still leave. The child still makes a horrible decision. He's 24, as much as you could do. Hey, there's, there's still adult children you can't control. There's still spouses that could leave. There's still jobs that can be lost. There's still health that can go awry. And you've done everything within your power to deal with it. And it's at that moment where the faithfulness of the spirit of the risen Christ is there for us to have our moment with the tassels, that is Talit Ha Kum. A few years ago, well, 11 years ago now, a long time ago, something horrendous. There's no words really for it. I, I could tell you all about it, I could, but it's just none of your business. <laughs> and... I um I was so stressed that I was in my closet and I couldn't hardly pick a shirt to wear. And that's where and trust me, I'm way better looking with clothes on. <laughs> and I was and, and I'm a professional counselor. Like I was like, so so I, 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 I slapped myself and I went, come on man, snap out of it, pick a daggum shirt. And I did. I probably, I don't know, I might have 30, 40 shirts. I don't know. And I just happened to pick one at random. And the one I picked, I did like that with the hanger. You know how the hanger comes out? And when the hanger came out, it just so happened to be the one that had this hanging on the pants part. And when I pulled the shirt off, that came out. I remember being, it was this close to me like this. And I remember being in that closet and I had a real divine moment with God in my own closet by myself. And that moment was this, I am God, you are not. You have done everything you can possibly do in the natural. It is time for you to relinquish control of all of this and grab the tassels. In that moment, I relinquished that whole thing to the Lord. And I can't tell you how good, how good and how relieving that burden gets. If you could do something about it, you should. But there's going to be a day where you can't do anything other than rely on God. Watch what happens. Talit Hakum, my child, the presence of God is here. Get up. Now watch what happens. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. Oh, and how old was she? Oh, whoa. Wait a minute. Hey, so the lady's been bleeding for the same amount of time this little girl's been alive? Maybe they knew each other. Or maybe that's not the point. 
Maybe in both cases, the author's going, this is about a little girl and a grown woman, but it's also about an entire nation that is dying on the inside and needs a touch from God. When she was 12 years old, at this they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. <laughs> that was it. And told them to give her something to eat, which is such a cool thing to give to a corpse that's walking around. So, my brothers and sisters of Harvey Bay, I bless you to be people who don't compartmentalize your life as spiritual and not spiritual. I bless you to be people who carry the presence of God with you wherever you go. But don't just carry it. Word of God, name of God, ways of God, grace of God. Be compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love people. Be people who are proactive instead of reactive. Be people when it's within your power to sort it out, then sort it out. Take your medicine. If the doctor says we need to do surgery here so we can fix this, allow them to do it. But there might be a time where you've at the end of the rope of all you could do. That adult child has lost his ever loving mind. That spouse is way off the rails. Your ability to control the situation has dissipated before your eyes. That business failed despite all you could do. And it's at that moment to leet ha kum, my child, the presence of God is here. It is time for you to arise. And my prayer for you tonight is that the anointing and the atmosphere of the Spirit of God would come on this place and settle down inside of us and, and, and that that thing would enliven us to act, to move, to get up, to get up. So in a few minutes, I'm going to turn the service back over to Pastor Ross and the team here so that they can do the response time. As a guest, it's, I always feel more comfortable allowing the church to pray for people, the church to do their response time like their culture is. And, um, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave my tassels up here. Now, I need them back at the end of the night. Um, but I'm going to leave them here. And, and I want to be very clear about this. These are my tassels. They don't, they don't, they don't have any magic or have any inherent value. Uh, other, than, other than some people are tactile people. And so if you could come up here, if you need a touch from the Lord and you can come up here and you can get that no matter what, that, that's fine. But if you think it'll help you. I'm going to leave this here and maybe you need your moment with, with the tassels. This would have been very similar to the thing that that lady grabbed. And, and maybe it's just that touch that, I don't know, the tactile thing that can help you. And, and for that, I'll leave that up here. If you don't need that, don't worry about that, but that's there for you. Maybe we just need a moment of reconsecration and reminding ourselves that God's ways are the best ways for our life. God's ways brought me from slavery to freedom. God's ways brought me from darkness to life. God's ways are the best ways for my life. Under the shadow of his wing, the word of God, the name of God, the ways of God, the grace of God, the nature of God. Maybe, maybe there's something going on. You're just overwhelmed and you've done all you can do. And it's time for you to have a moment with the presence of God. For Talit Hakum, my child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to get up. I'm gonna um I'm gonna step out of the way. Because I think what God's gonna do is so 
profound and special that for me to come back up would be wrecking it. So I'll say bye to you now. Thank you so much for letting me be part of your life. Thank you so much for being so hospitable over the last two nights and today. Thank you so much for allowing me to come back next time. I, I feel a special connection to this place and I want to keep journeying. Um, for all of you, I bless you to know that God is enough and God is for you. And for those of you who are past the point of what you can do, Talit Hakum, my child, the presence of God is here. It's time for you to arise. Until I see you again next year, grace and peace, everybody. God bless you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.